Hello and welcome to the Celebration Church podcast. I'm so glad you're here. In just a moment, we're going to jump into a message from Pastor Roger. But before we do, I want to encourage you, connect with us online. Whether that's following us on social media, on Facebook and Instagram, or it's subscribing to our YouTube page or this podcast, do it. We want to stay connected. And another great way you can connect with us is be our guest on a Sunday morning service. If you're here locally, come on out. We want to meet you and connect with you, worship with you. We'd really enjoy that. But without further ado, let's jump into this message from Pastor Roger. Well, good morning, church. How are you guys doing? You guys got your coffee today, didn't you? All right. You guys, you're a lot more awake than the first service because you slept in, didn't you? It was good. Um, well, today we've got a, a really uh, exciting guest speaker for you. But before we do, um, I just want to make two announcements. The first announcement is that uh, youth and young adults, January 29th, so... If, uh, yeah, if that's you and you want to get involved, we've kind of, we're trying, as a church, it's been really hard to to try our best to to honor uh, our government and our our, uh, medical institution's wishes while still uh, celebrating our freedoms as, as Christians. And, and we want to do that well. I think it's important that the church models what honor looks like. And so we, we're doing our best to, to try to manage that well. But um, we're super excited that uh, we're going to be kicking off youth and young adults again because they have a crazy good time. And, uh, and they get a hold of the Lord while they're having it. So uh, nothing better than a youth night that begins with uh, swallowing goldfish and ends with giving your life to Jesus. Amen. <clears throat> Uh, last week I talked, or last week and the week before, I talked about a Bible reading plan that I do. It's called uh, the Moravian Daily Texts. Um, I, I know a lot of you use YouVersion and other Bible reading apps, but I'm just showing you what I use, and I'm making it available to you. This is the Moravian Daily Text. I had somebody say, uh, "Does that mean you're a Moravian?" No, I'm not a Moravian. I'm American. And, um, but the, the Moravian Daily Text has been a daily Bible reading plan that has been going on since 1731, and I just think there's something special about that. And so personally, that's, this is how I read my, my daily reading of the Bible. If you want a copy of this, uh, you're more than welcome to grab one there at the information table on your way out the door. And, uh, and yeah, get in the Word. It, it, will, it will help you grow, and uh, it'll help you do what you're supposed to do. So this Sunday, we have, uh, we have a guest speaker with us and his family all the way from Kampala, Uganda. Come on. In, incredible ministry and in, incredible, uh, they lead a, an incredible church there in Kampala. And I'm saying that because I'm inviting myself. Just an amazing, I'm just, uh, I'm invi- inviting myself out to Kampala. But um, yeah, and, and Pastor Kososi was able to bring his family with him, uh, which he'll introduce them to you in just a moment. But I just want to say, he's got a fresh word from God for our church. Are you ready? Yes. All right, Pastor Robert, would you come on forward? 
Thank you. Amen. Thank you, everyone. Good morning, church. Good morning, church. Are you happy to be in the house of the Lord? Yeah. Amen. David said, I was glad when they told me, let's go to the house of the Lord. Amen. So good to be here with my family, my wife, uh, Robina, over here. We've been married for the last 23 years. Great, great time. Amen. 23 years. Did you hear that? Yeah. yeah. Back in Uganda, we know some people who got married and stayed for one year. So the Lord has been gracious to us. And we brought our son, Samuel, if you can stand. Amen. That's our son, Samuel. He's 14. And uh, we have a daughter. She's back in Washington. She's going to school in the Northwest University. She's 20. Uh, I don't think her daughter has been here, but uh, one of these days she will come and see you guys. We've been trying to get pastor to come to Uganda, maybe this year or next year for sure. So between now and next year, we'll get to, to get a pastor come see us and see the work the Lord is doing in Africa. You have amazing, amazing pastors. I say, if you don't like them, we can take them with us to back to Africa when you go. <laughs> so we are, they, are taking, they are taking care of us for the last, uh, we got here Friday, and they've been taking care of us, and we just need to stop eating, but we are sleeping well. <laughs> Amen. Well, greetings from Uganda. Uh, this yesterday was Saturday here, yeah. Uganda, we voted um, a president, the same president that has been in power for the last 34 years and is going to stay another five years. So our presidential terms are five years. We've had the same president for the last 34 years. And um, yeah, exactly what you're thinking is what I was thinking. <laughs> so uh, I am. Um, yeah, a lot of people that we are born 34 years ago wanted a big change. And I believe Uganda is ready for change. But um, the, the, the nation is divided. The, the, the main content out to, the pre, to the president was a young man, 38 years. So some people thought he was too young to become the president. Others thought ah, the old man has done a good job. And it should stay, but um, that's, that's where we are. We are like you guys. The nation is divided. The church is divided. The, the person that won said, I want it, and I'm going to take it all. The person that lost said, I, um, this was a flood. I need my election back, so the nation is still divided. So as we pray for you, we also pray for Uganda. And... Um, Last year was one of those years. We started 2000, 2020 with a lot of excitement, and we knew it was going to be a good year, a great year. A lot of people prophesied great stuff, and then we go to March, and we went under a total shutdown. And I believe you guys did the same, but Uganda was different. It was a total shutdown. You could not leave your house. 
There was no car that was allowed to be driven anywhere unless you were a, a medical personnel or work in the military or did something special. They called them essentials and the church wasn't. So we stayed home. And for the first time in many, many years, we learned that God is personal because no one could come to church. We all stayed home for seven months. We just been allowed to gather again in the last two months and every church is allowed to sit about 200 people now. No children. So it's a very big change uh, for the church. And I believe our world has been changed forever. I don't think we'll ever go back to what is known, uh, what we have known as normal. The world is changed. Traveling, coming here was different than usual. Um, you had to wear, cover your mouth with a mask, and that mask uh, tends to pull my ears. So I used pull it down a little bit, and the people come and you need to cover your nose. You need to cover your nose. I, I hope that goes away very fast. <laughs> I don't mind washing my hands, but I don't, I don't like the mask. But I wear the mask for others. That's, yeah. that's what I've been told, that I need to put on the mask to protect others. So I do, if you want me to put on a mask, I will after I step down from the pulpit. But I can't use it when preaching. But God has been good. Um, we, um, we are experiencing um, a lot of new things, uh, a new way of doing ministry. In our organization, we run, I pastor a church, me and my wife, in, in the city of Kampala, a little bit outside. But also we lead an organization called Uganda Christian Outreach Ministries, and it's a fellowship of churches and schools and a Bible college. We have uh, 350 churches in the organization. We also have uh, 24, you call them elementary, but we call them primary schools. 24 primary schools, and we have two high schools and one Bible college. That one Bible college is what we've been, um, we train ministers, and we've been able to send out uh, young people to go to other eight African countries to start and plant churches. So, but for the last year, all that has been shut down. No schools, no church, nothing. So we pray that this new year, 2021, will be a different year that will be able to open up and go back and disciple and do church and preach the gospel. I believe the day of our Lord Jesus Christ is near, and we are in those days. Amen. Well, good, Sunday is a good day to read your Bible. If you haven't read your Bible since Monday, Sunday is always a good day to read your Bible. So would you open with me in the book? of Romans, Romans chapter 8 and verse 18. If you could open your Bible. Romans 8 and verse 18 to verse 21. The Bible says in verse 18, For I consider that the sufferings of this present world are not worth, worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed to us. For creation waits eagerly, for creation waits with eager longing 
for the revealing of the sons of God. For creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope, that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. I want to speak to you about something that I believe is happening in our time and in our season, becoming and being the sons of God. The sons of God. Now, when you first read, when I first read this verse, and a lot of people have uh, their interpretation who the sons of God are, they think there are some special creatures that are not humans or superhumans, but I totally believe the sons of God referred here in the, in the verse of Romans 8, 18, are the church, the children of God. God has servants. God has children, but God has sons. And I believe sons are children of God that have made the decision to mature, to grow up, and leave childish things behind and become mature children, though they are called the sons of God. And the Bible says that creation eagerly, groaning, Eagerly wait for the revelation of this of this group of people. They are they are, they are the children of God, but has taken on the nature of God, and why? Because creation right now all over the world, the world is looking for solutions, and apparently they are all looking in the wrong direction. They should be looking to us. But the question that I pose to you today is, are we there yet to offer solutions to the world as we are expected by God? The world is looking in other directions because the church has not taken her position as the children or the sons of God. But the Bible says creation eagerly awaits. The other translation, they say that it's the, with groaning, with a lot of pain, saying, who will set us free from all this suffering, from this confusion? And, um, and so the church, even back in Africa, in Uganda, the church also looking somewhere else. In these last political elections in Uganda, I don't, I don't say that politics is bad, but I, I just believe that politics has its place, but not in the pulpit. And so... A lot, of, a lot of church people, pastors, church leaders have got involved. And then they ended up being on, taking on sides. And now one side has lost and one side has won. And the other side that has lost saying that you are wrong, we are right. And so the church is equally divided. We should never be, we should never be in that place. The church should be the church. And the world, when they start fighting between them, we should be the peacemakers. Because that's what the sons of God do. We are peacemakers. We reconcile fighting groups. We bring clarity where there is confusion. We bring vision in the darkness. And so I believe that we are in a time, we have come to a place where we really need to take on this responsibility of becoming the sons of God. 
And it's not a miracle that you go to bed and wake up and the next day you are the son of God. No, it's a process of growth. And for you to grow, you are going to need to make a personal decision, not a family decision, not a group decision. It's going to be personal for you to say, I want to start growing in the things of God. I want to know my Bible. I want to learn to pray more than I ever did. I want to have fellowship with the Holy Spirit. I want to learn how to hear the voice of God on my own. Because I, I heard you're doing 21 days of prayer and fasting. I hope many of you are joining in. But in Uganda, you, when you announce 21 days, maybe you get 20, 30% of the church respond. But you guys are different. That's why I love America. Yeah. You are different. The Ugandans, you have to raise your voice a little bit for them to respond. But where we are in time, in, in history, we need the church to be self-motivated. You don't need anyone to wake you up to pray. You don't need the church to put a, a schedule for you to fast. You just need to be a Christian that you are called to be on your own. If there is a lesson that we learned during the lockdown, it is that you, Christianity, faith is a personal thing. And so we went under lockdown without any notes. We, the, the president came on TV and said, everyone stay at home. No church, no weddings, no nothing. And so we, we realized the next week that, oh my God, we have to wake up and have a Sunday service in our living room. And all the, all the men became pastors. All the, we are forced to become pastors to their families. And all of a sudden, there is no prayer support, prayer group to support you. There is no pastor to tell you what to do. You are on your own. And that lasted seven months. But let me tell you something. People grew up. We had testimonies of people saying, oh, my God. We invited the neighbors, and we started having church. We invited two more families, and now we are, we are meeting in our living room. And even after the lockdown is lifted, those fellowships are now continuing, and people are coming to the Lord. I believe, I believe that even the evil thing, the bad thing that happens in the world, God has a way of turning them around to work for our good. So we need to be the sons of God. Because the world has gotten to a place of darkness. And I believe, I don't believe we shall ever go back. But I believe we are living in a time where Isaiah says that darkness shall increase. But you know, when darkness increases, what happens? Even the smallest of lights becomes brighter. And so I believe every one of us, if we raise and take our responsibility, we shall have solutions for our neighbors, for our communities, for our nations and our continents. And uh, you look in the Bible, there is an example of, um, of Elijah. Elijah, if you read, you don't need to read there now. If you read 1 Kings 18, 
the Bible talks about this servant of God. I believe Elijah is a character that represents sons of God in the Old Testament. One of the sons of God revealed in the, in the Old Testament. He came in a time when the nation of Israel had gone after idol worship. The whole nation, the priests of the Lord, had gone to the temple of Baal. And at one point, Elijah told the Lord, I am the only one remaining. And the Lord told him, no. There's 7,000 7, others I have hidden somewhere. But it, looks like, it looked like in those times that Elijah was standing in a light and fighting the hordes of hell by himself. The king, his family, the priesthood, the high priest, all the religious things, the people had gone after the worship of Baal. And Elijah came because he has known God. On a very, very personal level, he knew God, and he learned how to hear the voice of God. He came, appeared to the king, and said, there will be no rain for three and a half years. Now, that wasn't a punishment. That was a wake-up call for the nation to repent. And so if they had repented during the three and a half years, I know Elijah could have appeared again and say, oh, the rain come now. But no one repented. They continued in their idol worship. For three and a half years. And after three and a half years, the Bible says in First Kings 18, the Lord appeared again to Elijah and said, go show yourself to the king. And he came, and when the king saw him, he said, you troubler of Israel. And Elijah said, no, I am not the one causing trouble to this nation. It's you. And he told him that you need to gather the whole nation for me. Now, this is a guy that was hunting to kill Elijah for three and a half years. He looked for him. He put on the FBI, the CIA, the, all, the, all the, those intelligent groups to look for the guy, and God had hidden him somewhere. No one could find Elijah. He only appeared when the Lord said. And that's one of the characteristics of the sons of God. They wait for the Father to move them before they move themselves. They hear the voice of God. And so Elijah appeared and told the king, you gather the whole nation on the mountain, and today we shall decide who is God. And the Bible says when the nation came and the priests of Baal, we are all gathered in one place. And Elijah said, let's pray. Whichever God answers by fire, that we shall follow. And I believe that the, the, the stage all over the world is being set for the Elijahs to appear again. James in the New Testament says Elijah was a mere man like you and I. And I believe that the world is setting a stage for you and I to do that which we've been prepared to, to do in our time. It's time to pick up our responsibility and know that you are not just a church goer, a church member. You are a servant of the Most High. You are a child of God in the process to become the son of God, the daughter of God. And there is authority on the inside of you. There is so much power that God has invested in you. By the mention of his name, you can shake the world around you. But 
the Bible says also in Galatians 4.1. Galatians 4.1, the Bible says, I mean that the hair, as long as the hair is a child, is no different from a slave, though he is the owner of everything. In Africa, in our culture, my wife comes uh, from a polygamous family. Uh, her father had uh, a few ladies around. And she has about 20, 20, 26 siblings, brothers and sisters, from the same father, different mothers. So there are a lot of, I have a lot of brothers-in-law. And in Africa, when you are getting married, you have to give a chicken to your brothers-in-law. So I, uh, I chose a few. But um, so it, the hair, so when the African father is about to die or is in advanced age, he starts looking through the children he has to find a hair, a successor. And that is among his children, must be a son that is grown, fully grown up, and that son must distinguish himself from the rest by taking up more responsibility from the father. Usually, it is always the first son that's the first choice. So the, even in the Bible, the, 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 the Jewish culture say the firstborn is the, the strength of your right arm. And so the firstborn was always the heir or the successor to the father. And so, but he, the, that, that son had to grow up and pick up some of the responsibility from the father. And he has to start looking and talking and walking and doing things exactly like the father. And that means they had to spend a lot of time with the father to do things together so that they learn how the father will respond to every situation. And, but the Bible says, as long as the heir, the successor, is a child or decides never to grow up, he will stay in the same house but as a slave. In, 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 in my tribe, many, many years ago, there was a king that died and left a three-year-old boy, his son. And because the, the kid was three years, he was never allowed to sit on the throne. They had to wait for him until he turns 18. So what the kingdom did, they chose three guys, uh, and they called them guardians. So to take over the kingdom on behalf of the young kid until he turns 18. Guess what happened? For over 15 years, those three guys enjoyed the food, the luxuries of the kingdom. Because the son was still a kid. They only left after he turned 18 and he took over the kingdom. It's the same thing that happens to the children of God. When we come to the Lord and you come to church and you stay in church and you, you decide on your own to stay a child, you never grow up, you have 21 days, you haven't started on fasting, you're not reading your Bible, you are not taking up any disciplines that will make you grow up into a son of God. The Bible says as long as you remain a child, You'll be treated like a slave. By who? By those that are supposed to serve you. Yes. Or the people that you are supposed to lead. 
And I feel like the church has been in that place for too long. As servants begging other people to do things for us. In Uganda, I mean, the, 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 guys, the guys standing for political offices, a few of them, we had 11 candidates. Known to, we, we had 11 candidates this last election. And we had a pastor and another lady that's born again. But the church, you don't even think that the, the, those two born-again Christians qualified to be president. They did not vote for them. So guess what's happening? We vote in guys that do not know the Lord. And afterwards, we go to them and beg, oh, we need to do this. We need to change this policy. We need to do this. We need to change that. And the guys don't have the same values that you have. They don't fear the law that you do. They don't know what you believe. And so that's what it means to be a slave in your own father's house. This is my father's house. The Lord owns everything. Psalms 24 one says, the earth and all its belonging belongs to God. He created everything and God is your father. All creation was created by God that you call father. And so I told you there are, three, there are three ways you can have a relationship with, with God. You can be his servant, but Jesus said in the New Testament, I no longer call you servants, for I call you friends. He qualified us to be, no longer be servants, but friends to God. And then you can actually qualify from being just a friend of God to the son of God. Because that's what... Creation is waiting for. Creation is not waiting for children or servants. The Bible says creation groans eagerly awaiting for the sons of God. You know what? Back in Africa, when the father is too old to do anything, he chooses the son to represent him to any function, to any other occasion. And when the son shows up, on behalf of the father, you respect, you give the same honor to the son that you have given to the, to, the, to the father. And even the son will take up the same responsibility that the, his, like his father would. And so here we are, we are the sons of God. You represent the, you represent the king himself. Not the president, but the king of kings. You understand what I'm talking about? You represent heaven. You represent the kingdom that's everlasting. You represent the savior of the world, the maker of heaven and earth. We are not here on our own. We are the children of God. Can you imagine what kind of power you have behind you? When I stand here, Elijah said to the king, as the Lord before whom I stand, he did not, Elijah was standing here, but he was addressing the king. He was not standing before the king. He was constantly standing before his father. If that reality could sink in with us and understand wherever we go, God is with us. He will never leave you. He will never abandon you. Even in a lockdown, God has done amazing things. You have to be careful everywhere you go. Why? The father goes with you. He will never leave you. Even when you are in bed, 
God. You are representing God in this world. And so if the Father sends you to represent him anywhere, you know what kind of authority you carry? The same that he has. Jesus said, To, to, to one of the sick guys, he, he, um, a guy that was crippled, he healed him and said, before he healed him, he said, your sins are forgiven. And the Pharisees were like, what kind of man, what kind of guy could say, your sins are forgiven? And Jesus said that you should know that the father has given the son authority even to forgive sins. Jesus had that authority. And he is the son of God. Like I told you in our African culture, the elder brother, Jesus is our elder brother. He's the firstborn among many brethren. And we should be imitating him. When you read your Bible and you see what Jesus did, we should be doing the same. Why? We are the children of God. We are the sons of God. Whatever Jesus did, we can do. He brought life where there is no life. He brought Hope where there is no hope. He is Jesus, the son of God. He understood his authority. And so I'm here challenging you, church, that you know what? We need not to look anywhere else. We need to look within us. But the biggest decision each one of us, including myself, that we need to take is, are you willing to grow up and mature into a son of God? Because that is not going to be a miracle. That's going to be a process. With daily disciplines that you cannot break. When I was growing up in my father's house, I spent a lot of time with my mother. And she, with time, I learned how to respond to my mother. She talked to you. If you don't respond, she'll raise her voice. And then she'll get your attention. As I grew up, Mother start, stopped talking and st just started looking at you. She looked in a, a very funny way, and you knew what she said without saying a word. That came from spending a lot of time with mother. And if she said anything without speaking up and you never did it, you know what was coming. So we learned how to respond to mom bef even before she spoke up. We thus. That's the same way we should be with God, that we spend so much time with God on a personal level, on a daily basis, in the word, in prayer, in fasting, in worship, in fellowship. Spend as much time with God until you learn how to hear his voice, until you learn how to respond to his voice. That's, that's where we are going, church. We need people that I've had the voice of God. Amen. I was a little bit following your elections here, and I was listening to people that had the word from God. And uh, I have heard some of them are apologizing and repenting now. Yeah, they need to. You never say what your father never said. You always say what he said. That's what Elijah did. And that's how he got the whole nation at their knees. Because he only responded to the voice of God. And I'm telling you, church, the times we have entered in, every man is going to need to hear the voice of God 
on behalf of your children, on behalf of your family. You are going to need to hear the voice of God telling you, move from Idaho, go to Texas, sell this house, move to this house, go from this place, leave this job and start this business, do this or that. We are going to need to be led by the spirit of God. Those who are laid by the Spirit of God are the children of God. Yeah. I am here because the Lord spoke. Yeah. It is crazy. When we left Uganda, we did not tell anyone because everyone would have thought we are crazy. I mean, it's a lockdown. We, we thought all of you guys are sick with COVID. That's what Ugandans believe. So, I mean, anyone that talked about leaving Uganda to come to the U.S., he said, you are dead. <laughs> but we've been praying and we've been listening to the voice of the Lord and so when the Lord said it's now time to go we came we did not know what will happen at the airports we did not know if they would allow us to enter the US but we came, why? we are following a voice that's going to be very, very key it's no longer no more is changed. You are going to need to hear God tell you, do this. You are going to need to depend on God totally. Totally. You cannot presume. You cannot move by assumptions. You cannot do things because everyone is doing them. You are going to need to hear God on your own. When Elijah called the kingdom all together by himself, no one in history had ever done it before. But when you hear the voice of the Lord, it changes everything. And so I'm challenging you, church. You, start, you need to start somewhere. 21 days is a great, great beginning. You participate. If you haven't started, I challenge you to start today. Participate in the 21 prayer and fasting. And read your Bible. Get to know the word. When you, when you know the word of God, it will solve, you will solve a lot of problems in your marriage, in your children, in your family, in your business, the Bible is the word of God in every season. So I'm challenging you, take up this discipline, make a decision as you, that I'm going to wake up every morning before I go to work and read my Bible and pray over my wife and pray over my children. Prophesy over your children. Prophesy over your family. Speak into the future of what's coming. Why? You are the son of God, and you should have the mind of Christ. Every morning you wake up, you should have a sense of direction. Why? Because the spirit of the Lord is leading you. The spirit of the Lord is leading you. So I'm not worried. I'm not fearful of what's coming next. I know where I'm going. The father's already been there and he's there. And I'm confident that all things work for good because I love God. God bless you guys. Thank you, Pastor, for giving me time and opportunity to share. Thank you. Thank you. What a good word. Does anybody want to be a want to be a son, somebody that's growing in maturity, yeah. standing in who you are? Thank the Lord. 
some real practical steps before we begin worship, I would say this. We're wrapping up our 21 days of prayer and fasting. We've got this last week here. I want to encourage you. Cut something out of your life. Fasting doesn't twist God's arm to get him to do what you want. Fasting distances you from the world. And prayer draws you close to the Lord. So as we distance ourselves from the world and as we draw close to the Lord, I'm telling you, your walk with him will grow. Your time with him will become sweet. This could be a year that for some husbands that you've wanted to know what it's even like to lead your family spiritually. I'm telling you, this is your next step. Lead your family spiritually by not telling them what to do, but doing it yourself. I just want to, I just want to pray over everybody right now. I just, I just feel the, the Lord present. Is there any, is there anybody with sickness or, or illness and, and you just, you have faith that God can heal you right now? If it's you, just put your hand up. I'm not going to bring you to the front. Just put your hand up. There you go. See it? If you saw somebody near you, I just want you to pray, maybe reach your hands out towards them and pray towards them right now. Father, right now in the name of Jesus Christ, we declare healing in this place. Lord, we are sons and we are daughters, not children, not slaves. We stand in your place, in your authority. So right now we declare healing, bodies be healed in the name of Jesus Christ. Your word says that by your stripes we are healed. So minds be at ease, pain be gone right now in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. All across the room, why don't you raise your hands towards heaven and let's just take a moment with the Lord. Jesus, we love you today. We honor you, God. No matter where we are in our walk with you right now, we are standing and saying, Lord, we don't want to be children, but God, we want to be sons and daughters that honor you. We want to be the kind of people that you entrust authority to, the kind of people that recognize your voice and do as you would have us do. So, Lord, I pray right now that as we leave these doors, that we would not leave them the way we entered. We would leave changed. That we would leave as daughters and as sons. Speak to your people today. We like to end the service with with another worship song. Just a great time for you to respond if you felt like the Lord spoke to you during the service, I just want you to, to focus on that, to, to dwell on that while we sing. And let the Lord cultivate the word you've already heard. God bless you. Hey, I just want to say thank you again for tuning in to today's podcast. If you want to learn more about Celebration Church, I'd encourage you to go to our website, www.thecelebration.church to find out more. Well, we love you guys, and let's continue to love God, love people, and change the world.